We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Poll questions up. Who looked the most dominant this weekend? Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, 49ers. Yeah. And uh, they're all moving on. Eagles, 49ers, NFC Championship game. Bengals, Chiefs, AFC Championship game. You can go vote at Dukes and Bell 929. We've been talking about that today. We'll get back into some more NFL football conversation along the way. Also, in 20 minutes, what happened with the Hawks, man? Five-game win streak. One, two, three, four, five snapped against Charlotte. Who was Who was Charlotte? Charlotte's not good. There, but they beat us by like what twenty earlier in the season back in October. This is the most exasperating. We'll talk about it. This is exasperating because all the goodwill I got to be honest, and all the nice things said about Nate gets me back to why Nate makes me want to pull my what I've got left my hair out because it's ridiculous. That that was just the most mismanaged. Carl, final minute and a half of that game. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll get into that in about twenty minutes. Right now, let's talk some dogs. On the sidelines with the dogs. The dog report is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, a proud partner of the Georgia Bulldogs. I do want to be sensitive to the situation, but we do need to report what's being reported Mm. by the AJC, who obtained surveillance video, and it's on their site. You can go see it for yourself. That shows Georgia offensive linemen Warren McClendon and Devin Willick, uh, along with other players. And two women that strongly resemble, again, as they say in their report, the UGA empo- uh, employees that were involved in this fatal crash on January 15th. Mike, they're, they're shown leaving Topper's International Show Bar, which is a strip club in downtown Athens. Right. Um, and, and again, guys, we don't know what actually transpired. I think everybody, including investigators, and that's why I'm saying I need to be sensitive. I want to be sensitive to their families as well. Uh, everybody is still grieving, and it's a tough situation. Mm-hmm. But. With that said, I think people are trying to figure out how did how do we get to this situ- you know this part what 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 went wrong here and how did we get here? So you're looking at this video. I watched it earlier this morning. It moved me only because I know that a couple of those individuals are no longer with us. You know right. that this is pretty much the end of their lives, and that's tough to watch. So I, I want to be sensitive to the parents and and certainly their family members. But with that said, it does kind of reveal something that a lot of people have been talking about, Mike, and that is this relationship between the program staffers and its athletes. And I know that the AJC has been getting a lot of heat on social media from a lot of uh, Georgia fans and the fan base. And I like as we said, there's, there's no, let's be honest, there's no tact, it's very difficult to be tactful in this situation because you're still waiting on the toxicology report from Chandler LaCroix who, uh, who lost your life. And it, I mean, I think you, the way I would look at it, you and I, I think most people, most people kind of can put two and two together and figure out 
in their mind how this went down. But the fact that you're getting into the nuts and bolts of it. And look, the AJC still has a responsibility as a news gathering operation here in the city sure. that covers the state. Yep. And it's the state university. And there are questions that some people are raising to Carl's point about what exactly is the nature of people who are working for the program when it comes to after hours. And when exactly when the lines get blurred about after hours as it did. But they, of course, th- this is a, a unique situation because it was a celebration of another championship. So a lot of folks are getting on the AJC, and I understand that. And they even wrote in the article, why are we writing this story? They have a whole like sort of primer on it and talking about the things we just talked about. But I think it's, it's, it's tough because it's still so fresh. It is. Um, I'll say this, and I've been to almost every college town in the country, and I, I mean that, um, in, in calling games and covering games over the years. There's a strip club in all these, these college towns, okay? This kind of stuff goes on. It went on when I was in school. It's been going on since I've been out of school. And it's been a long time. And the fact is that if you're going to say, well, why are Georgia players and toppers and what's going on? This kind of stuff goes on in every college mm-hmm. town. It's not announced. It's not something that somebody's walking around with a camera and going, hey, I can't believe this is going on because it happens. And, again, a lot of these young men, and Mike, they're over the age of 21. You right. know, they may not be, you know, Stetson Bennett in 25. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this stuff goes on. And I'm not talking about the, the accident that happened. What I'm talking about is them enjoying themselves and young people being young people in these college towns. That's mm. where I think the line gets skewed. And now you say, well, does Kirby shut this down? Does he tell his players you can't do this anymore? Because I, I think, Mike, if you ask guys that have been in Georgia maybe the last five to ten years, this stuff's been going on. Well, I mean, in every university, I know when I was at Florida State, they had folks and, and, and young women that would work with the athletic department, whether it was part of recruiting or working with the athletes. And you've got folks that are interning for a career in sports after college, too. But it just, it's, as we said, the lines get blurred because some people are saying, you know, what, what exactly in, in the case of, you know, uh, Devin Willick, you know, his family did, you know, they, they initially, I think in a moment of frustration and anguish, they thought about they were going to maybe pursue legal action. They backed off that. And then Georgia fans are like, well, why is the AJC doing this? Well, again, they've got to, they do have an obligation to get some of the information out there. That's a news gathering organization. But when you look at, what should people who work in the athletic department, where does that, when does their job description end? When are you off the clock? When, when, and then what's to say, why can't you fraternize or spend time with people that you have relationships with, that you've known for a couple of years at the university? There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and, again, it's not me to give permission. Um, whatever Georgia's policy is, it's its policy. But, but i got to tell you, these same ladies and these same people that you're, you see in this story are the same people they call when something goes wrong. Correct. That's how these coaches find out. And it gets back to who it needs to get back to. So you have these liaisons that you feel comfortable with that, hey, I got a problem or I have an issue. I, I get it. But with that said, that's the reports that out there that is out there. Meanwhile, Warren McClendon, guys, is gonna gonna participate in the senior bowl next week in Mobile, Alabama. Mm. I think the cool thing about this is he's gonna wear number seventy seven. That was Devin Willock's number. Right. And honestly, you know, honoring his friend, he was a three-year starter. He's already graduated, Mike. He will probably be in the NFL. I don't know where he's projected to be drafted, but he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. He has accepted an invitation. Our buddy uh, Connor Riley uh, reporting that today. So that is good news for him as he tries to continue to move his life forward after this accident. And again, to be sitting in the passenger seat and survive that for the most part with just a few scratches is just, you know, it's just one of the tragic ironies in that whole situation. But hopefully he can turn the page because there's, you know, people use those phrases like psychobabble, survivor's guilt and all that. But that's, imagine what on his, what's going through his life right now. And now you got to try to, you know, buckle down and show the NFL you know, folks the brass that you're able to, you know, get on to the next level. Meanwhile, I would imagine this guy's career at Georgia is not going to get off the ground. Rara Thomas charged with felony false imprisonment and misdemeanor battery. Family violence first offense, according to the Clark County Jail. This from the Athens Banner Herald. This was the young man who was playing wide receiver at Miss State who had transferred in. 
uh, in the transfer portal. And, uh, again, they're still trying to get all the information, but I can't imagine the optics of this. Now, again, you and I always believe innocent until proven guilty sure. across the board, but in light of what the things we just discussed, I can't imagine there being much leeway here for the athletic department. Well, here's what's crazy about Georgia and where they are right now, and, and we're still, you know, celebrating the second championship, but you've had some tragedy happen. You've had some other off-the-field things that, that the program has had to deal with. I don't need any other drama. If I'm Kirby, you're a transfer. He called 44 balls, Mike, for 626 yards. I just don't need any more drama. Right. And, you know, it, it, I think if you set the rules where, hey, you get in trouble and we're talking about a potential felony, the other charge is a misdemeanor. One is a felony. Don't need it. So, I, I, you know, it's probably they're going to wish the kid the best and, and probably allow him to be back in the portal where if, if in fact, he gets past this legal stuff. Right. But, yeah, I, I don't see Ra Ra Thomas unless these are completely false accusations, right. which, again, we've seen this happen. It put, it could be. But I also think that has nothing to do with how the program is wants itself to be perceived. Right. They've had a bad week. I mean, beyond. I mean, I'm not to be trite about it. I mean, this is just something where you say, with all the things going on, you don't need this to go down. So you can, you can suspend him from any contact with the athletic department or anything while this plays it out and he gets adjudicated. All right. Let's get to some positive stuff. David Pollock was discussing his comments that went viral, sitting next to Nick Saban on the college football <laughs> playoff. We both talked about it. I think a lot of people around the country were shocked because it it was literally like Nick Saban was like, did he just say that? And then uh, Pollock, who's been on our show, guys, numerous times, worked with Mike over the years. He said this in regard to those comments about what he said that night. I texted Nick and I, and I, and I was like, hey, can I talk to you tonight? And I called him and talked to him. And I just I said, I didn't apologize. Didn't have anything to, I said, listen, I, I treated you as an analyst. Yeah. I didn't think about Alabama. I was, that's not what I was thinking about. I, I was thinking, you know. We, we, first of all, the game was already over. It was like 38 to 7 at the half, so everybody <laughs> knew it was over. And then we talked about Georgia and Stephen's legacy, and it just transitioned to the, to the next step. And, and I didn't think about it at all. I wasn't trying to be, you know, disrespectful, but it was true. You know, it's just, it's kind of where, where college football is at now. But I never thought that, I, I never thought twice about it. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, Good Lord. My, I, I don't know that I've ever gotten that much like text text and traffic and stuff about about that night. So it was crazy. Dave was spitting truth, Carl. There's nothing to have to backtrack over or, or spin. And we all know that Georgia is on top of the college football world. And perhaps uh, Alabama will get right back there this year. That's not also not an impossibility. But at the moment, at the time, everyone loved it. And it was just the body language. And was Saban, like, were his eyes glazed or was he seething? That was the big conjecture from folks that were watching at the time. I'm more surprised that Dave likes Post Malone. In the background there. He's got Posty on. I'm like, really? I didn't know you're a Post Malone fan. Uh, Dave's got a lot. His, his, you know, his music goes from country to hip-hop, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, when we had him on the show, he was headed to a country show that day. We actually had him on a couple of years ago. Um, here's Ed Reed. This is the other college football story we just want to mention. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You heard Prime, Coach Prime, talk about the challenges of being at an HBCU. And when he leaves to go to Colorado, we had this big debate. And you got into it with Bomani Jones. And Bomani's like, I had to come on the show. And we said, well, go on HBO. How's that? Let's trade off. The whole notion was Prime was somehow cheating, mm. leaving an HBCU. So Ed Reed gets the job at Bethune-Cookman. They don't even ratify his contract, which means basically his contract was not official. They had said, we'll put this and this and this in there, and we'll take care of that, and don't worry. And then 25 days on the job, Mike, nothing's been done. So Ed Reed's like, I'm out. I'm not even going to deal with this. And this was him talking about it over the weekend. Hey, young man. Yeah, I curse. And y'all done heard curse words before. And they got parents in here. You know I don't want to leave. 
And like I told you, I want all these recruits. But they got some corrupt people in this world, some evil people that don't care about kids like I do. So I want y'all to hear the truth from me. Yeah, it got sideways in a minute. Uh, Martin Luther King weekend, he was on social media basically saying the facilities are be- are beyond what he was expecting and needed to be upgraded. His office wasn't clean when he stepped into it. A lot of things that Ed got in his bag over, which I would understand. But this goes back to, you know, you and I have talked about this. We've got a lot of friends. I've got friends at FAMU. And, you know, when you bring somebody in, this was the idea of raising the profile of the schools. But the schools have to have their house in order in the first place. And I just think Ed should have maybe tempered some of that. But he's a fiery dude. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I I get it where he's coming from, but I think it's more proof as to what Prime was saying about mm. the challenges. Listen, I've had family members that attend at HBCUs. You guys know the facilities. There are always challenges, but there's something special about attending one and being a part of the historical part of being at an HBCU. The sports programs, Mike, that's a different animal. That's a whole different monster we're talking about. But just attending one and being a part of that? is still, and, and it will always be, really cool. Ed Reed's talking about people not handling their business. And until HBCU's mm. athletic par- departments start living up to it, they're not going to get the coaches they should. Right. Coming up, what's going on with our Hawks, man? Five-game win streak snapped. What happened against Charlotte? It's next. This is Jim Rowe. ready? On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. So they took three tenths off there. And now Trey Young to put it in play again. Trey looking, Trey looking, still looking, still looking. He didn't get it in. Five-second violation. That's a, that's a great way to end an NBA game, everybody. How do you not get the ball in? Stukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, I don't blame Trey on this. I mean, again, just throw it in. Get, get a shot, at least attempt. But I blame the, the play call, Mike. I blame the coach because Nate – we needed a bigger guy to get the ball in. Right. And, and Nate's excuse to me was a little lame. I get it. He's saying Trey's the best passer on the team. He is. On a fast break. Yeah, when he's at the top of the key, moving. Yeah, it's it's absolutely everything that drives me crazy about Nate McMillan, why I said two weeks ago that we should just move on and let's just forget about it because the inevitable is he's going to get got. All that goodwill of the win streak for me goes out the window. Don't want to hear about back-to-back. Handle your business against the Knicks. You're up 19 against the Hornets. You're a better team than the Hornets. 19! You make it plumly again, look like he's, uh, you know, Jabbar, and then you got uh, – I mean, the whole thing was just, it was pathetic. And then, Carl, the ISO ball, Jalen uh, Johnson in there instead of having A.J. Griffin. Nate blew this. I'm with you. Give, give me somebody who can get over when you put Plumlee on there. And that's one thing. Plumlee's going to D up Trey. He can't inbound it once. You've got to get someone else to inbound it. He goes right back to it. And to have a game end so, let's be honest, ignominiously is that? Yeah. That's pathetic. Uninspiring. That's really what it was. Um, as far as Nate is concerned, they had a big comeback in the third quarter. By the way, Terry Rozier ate our lunch. 28. Oh. All right, 28 in the second half. He had 34. 28 in the second half. It's like, give me the ball. Here's what Nate said about what allowed the Hornets to get back in the game. Again, we were turning the ball over. I thought we started to settle uh, on the perimeter. And uh, we really wasn't getting downhill and attacking, um, you know, settling from the perimeter. And uh, the jump shots wasn't falling tonight. Yeah, you became ISO ball. Yeah, We're flat. So, <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. Thanks, Coach. Let me ask you this. Yes. Is that on Trey? Because Trey, all of a sudden, things just stopped. There was no movement. DeJounte was on the floor. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all the ball moving, everything which helped get you a 19-point lead without the winner. To me, that's on Trey. Trey's got to be – the ball has to be passed. It's got to be some movement. 
I mean, that's basic stuff for talking. I mean, look, regardless of the fact the Hawks didn't play a lick of freaking defense no, the last uh, quarter. No, they didn't. Trey, 25. DJ, 26. Hunter, 25. Guys showed up. A.J. Griffin, 13 points, Mike. I thought we needed more A.J. And, and Bogey, you know, he was out because it was basically mm. a right knee management night, basically an off night. Tonight they get the Bulls. But if you look at Atlanta, this is part of our issue, guys, when we talk about why we've not been able to just extend ourselves mm. way over 500 is because we're 11 and 10 in games decided by at least 10 points. These close games, we're barely winning. We don't win as much as we should. This is a game that they could have come back, but we still should have should have won the game. Not playing with poise. No, and there was a bad call at the end. I get oh. all of that. Guys are hitting us up with the, all the refs. Okay, no, I understand but that. But again, you blew a double-digit lead, and I'm with you guys, and if you didn't see the sequence... And again, look, we all know what happens in the three-point shot. Don't hit, You can't hit the guy. Even though we've been told the new rules for this year was if you get the foul that amounts to a high five, slapping the hand, they're right. not going to call. Well, they called it. And, of course, Carl, if you didn't see the ending, Jalen Johnson, he fails. They, they get the, and, of course, he makes all of his, three, his free throws. That one was mind-blowing. And then the worst ad insult to injury, the NBA then gives you the obligatory two-minute report where they say that it wasn't actually a foul. And then he shouldn't have shot the three. But so why, why do they even bother with that? Are we going to get them hornets on a plane? We're going to no. replay the, no. the last five seconds of the game. So no. why even bother? No. I mean, how about this? How about real quick? How about some accountability? That ref doesn't get to call a game. He loses a paycheck. Yeah. How about that? Where do we ever get? You always hear about these two minute reports. How about that ref gets to take a week off on the NBA and we'll find somebody else and have more crews than actual games? And that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, because you're basically grading these officials out and you're saying bad job on that particular call, but there are no consequences. So, yeah, it's nice as fans for us to know we were right that it shouldn't have been called, but at mm. the end of the day, it doesn't change anything. Let's get it in. Five second violation. He didn't. He didn't. And it sucks. Let's hear Trey Young talking about the third quarters because he was asked about what's been going on with the third quarters this season. Whether we have a big lead or we don't, it's kind of been our Achilles heel. We come out in the second half, Mike, and we have big leads, and these teams just whoop, cut into it, and then all of a sudden we got a game on our hands. And Trey, he says he doesn't feel like it's been the third quarters. Uh, I think these last five games have all been different. I don't think necessarily we've been in bad third quarters all year. I think tonight was just different. Uh, we just got to be better and not letting nights like tonight happen, but it's going to happen. You just got to be better and not let it happen. Now, listen, okay. I, I want the five-game win streak. Don't get me wrong. But it's games like this against Charlotte that make you feel like they're not going to do what they need to do. Right. You're on a five-game heater. You've beaten, you've beaten Dallas. You've beaten Miami and Toronto. Knicks. Yeah. And, and and then you get a, a beat-up Charlotte team? This is the game you're supposed to win. And so these are the games that you go through, go through the season and you go, okay, they'll beat the Clippers or they'll beat this team or the Suns, but are you going to beat the teams you're supposed to beat? And then when you get in the playoffs, right. do you have a letdown like this? Well, I mean, again, I didn't realize these were the Raptors, okay? The Raptors always give us trouble. And then remember, these guys beat us by 20 in the first week of the season, snapped the beginning win streak. Yeah, that was when Nate was talking about we weren't right. ready. And, well, what the hell? I mean, Not this, ready to go. <laughs> Again, you, I mean, you, now the video that's hysterical and the photos have been captured by everybody, that's Nate's son. He's on the assistant, one of the assistant coaches on the staff, and Nate's son is literally seen like this, going, two hands on the top of his head as Nate is drawing up the inbounds play. Which, I now again, you can draw your own conclusion. Oh, you're saying he didn't yeah. agree with the inbound play? Nate's son either has a hell of a headache, oh. a migraine, or thought it was asinine to have a guy who's six feet trying to inbound against Frankenstein, Mason yeah. Plumley. Yeah. 
And I agree with his son. If well, fact, especially that's what once he's complaining about. I mean, again, you don't know who they're going to do. Okay, now you've seen it. So call a timeout and get someone who can inbound it. Because at least give me a fighting chance. chance. And not even get the ball on the floor is ridiculous. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't care if we get a shot that's jacked up from beyond the arc and you go, well, we had a chance. Yeah, give me a chance. Yeah, I don't want to not have a shot at it. And then he didn't get it in. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Steve Allman. Thank you, Steve. I love the just the just the way he delivers that. It's like, are you freaking? Kidding I mean, I was me? expecting. I'm going to be honest. With you, Steve has two ways of being uh, very upset. He can either go, for the love of God, Dennis Schroeder, or he can go low key. That was the low, low key, key where Steve is just totally yeah. beyond apoplectic and this pathetic effort at the end. Didn't get Five second violation. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's Dukes and Bell. It's Sports uh, Radio 92.9 The Game. We'll see what they do against the Bulls tonight. We're going to talk more about it. But, Mike, we got some guy talk on the way. Yeah, a lot of the show today, like a lot of guys around the country, whether at the barbershop, at the bar, saying, man, that Joe Burrow is like the modern-day Broadway Joe. More audio from him from the post game, which I know you want to hear. And then, on the other side in the NFC, Brock Purdy is one hell of a story. You know a guy who never gave him a chance? Nick Saban. We'll explain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fun. <laughs> it's time for Guy Talk. <laughs> It's time for shenanigans. You're darn right it is. On a Monday, hey man, Dukes and Bell with you. And don't forget, we're back on Twitch. For the guys who don't know Twitch, it's the cool video uh, streaming thingamajig that you can see us with the cameras and the whole thing that Jason's producing. So watch us live, and you can listen uh, at work while you're on the computer as well. So we appreciate that. And drink the Hey Man Ale. Maybe not at work, because that might get you in trouble. But enjoy. All right, uh, Joe Burrows, uh, the world we're living in right now, I think, and you would agree, and I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but you and I are of the opinion, since Patrick Mahomes is dealing with that high ankle sprain, that the Bengals are maybe going back to the Super Bowl. I'd say better than maybe. I think it's going to happen. Well, they've already proven they can go there and win. They did it last year. He didn't beat them this year in Cincinnati. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes. Right. Mahomes is the quarterback he can't beat. 
Now, that's right now. We'll see what happens Sunday. But if you're telling me I don't get 100% Patrick Mahomes, I got to give the edge to Joe Burrow. Right. That means that Andy Reid and Eric Bannemi got to really come up with some, some genius level stuff. So Joe Burrow, as you guys know, he's got major swagger. He's cocky. He's definitely got that going all the way back to his time at LSU. And I got to be honest with you, he's the kind of quarterback. And we started the show, and it's not a knock on Ritter because you can't compare Ritter to a guy who's obviously doing it at that high level. But it begin, you begin to wonder as a Falcon fan, can we get a guy like this? Can we ever have a guy like this? Here Here's Burrow talking to Tracy Wolfson after the game. We talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, you're off now. Another road trip, this time to Kansas City, a rematch of last year's AFC championship. Your early thoughts on that one? It's going to be a fun one. You know, the... Two of the top guys in the league, two of the top teams in the league. <laughs> great defenses, great overall teams, great coaches. Going to be a great atmosphere. Excited to play in it. I love it. I mean, this is the stuff when you can back it up, man. You know, you're not talking jive, man. I mean, this is the great two of the best. I am the best. <laughs> I love this, man. I literally, I spit out my beer watching that last night when he dropped, or yesterday after when he dropped that out there. I told my wife yesterday, just in jest, like, he's becoming my favorite quarterback. I have no rooting interest for Cincinnati. Zero. I love to see great competitors compete at the highest level. I love to see playmakers make plays. I always tell you guys I love drama. He's becoming my favorite quarterback. And, and that's just from afar. Like, if our team's not playing, I want to see what Joe Burrow's doing. I want to see how he's playing. And, and Mike, part of this is he is backing it all up. That's the part. It's right. like it's not as if he's popping off. He is literally going out and winning and, and just doing things that, you know, people mm-hmm. said he couldn't do. And so most times, right, you guys know, we talked about it. Every team goes through that thing. The Rams this year, you come off a Super Bowl, you have the worst season in Rams history. There's been no fall off. Right. He later, we later found out he had an appendectomy that he probably should have not been playing in the first couple of weeks. The Bengals struggled. Certainly got right against us, and then they were off and running. Offensive line maybe wasn't all it was chalked up to be. They went with backups, guys. Three key pieces on that offensive line. Backups yesterday. They were physical. Other players, uh, T. Higgins talked about it. Jamar Chase talked about it. They felt insulted that everybody, so many stories were written. And again, I get it. Everyone plays the no respect card. But here's grown men playing pro football saying the idea that, oh, they're going to have a game in Atlanta? No freaking way. We're going to change that. And again, no, I thought it was a bad idea in the first place. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy handled his business. Uh, your buddy Brian Baldinger from yeah. In the Huddle. It's your podcast, In the by Huddle. The way. Yeah, man. And, and Baldy, uh, what did he say about this? He was saying, you know, Brock Purdy's only played in 10 games. They put Stan Quinn through some looks and some schemes, moving Michael Parsons around. And on one of his Baldy breakdowns, he shows how he handles the situation and makes an accurate throw. This is the kind of stuff that guys are going bananas about Purdy, and now people are starting to get next level in Purdy's background. Last man selected in this year's draft. They spoke with his old high school football coach. He was considered a three-star recruit, Carl, coming out of his high school. His coach, in an interview with The Athletic, Preston Jones, says he took a visit to Alabama okay. because he was still getting some juice and getting some love around SEC country, Missouri, other schools. And during the interview, he said, Brock told me, man, uh, Saban, he, he didn't really know me, coach. Uh, he said, you're below average in height. Your arm strength is whatever. Your accuracy is average. And as soon as he mentioned the accuracy, Brock knew right away, this guy doesn't know me because, if anything, that's his strength. He goes, Coach didn't know who I was. Now, in Saban's defense, a lot of guys come through the program. You're looking at dozens of quarterbacks. But what do you make of Saban? Dick kind of, uh, you know, immediately kind of saying, nah, 
You're not going to be the guy. Listen, I think this happens a lot more than we think, Mike, when you have all these potential prospects, right? Kid goes to Iowa State. He was great there. Played a lot of football, and now you're seeing it in the pros, how he can handle these situations. I think this happens a lot, guys. You, you see a four- or five-star come through, Mike, a three-star, whatever it might be. Mm. You, you immediately size them up. Unfortunately, it's happened to Stetson Bennett by what they look like. You look at him and you go, hands a little smallish. Ah, hands not that big. Ah, what's his arm strength like? You don't know what kind of player he is. And I think that's what, what you miss, miss okay. you, you, you're misguided on what kind of player this individual but is. But with all due respect to Brock Purdy, when you're bringing in talent like Tua Tungabailoa and Bryce Young, and, and obviously Jalen Hurts, you're going to feel that certain way. Uh, Joe Buck normally would have been calling the NFC uh, divisional playoff round between the Cowboys and the 49ers. That'd be a marquee game for Fox. But, of course, he works for ESPN. Now, you and I have talked a lot about Joe Buck over the years and kind of initially kind of coming off like a bit smug. But i got to be honest, in the last 10 years, he's kind of won me over. From going on, uh, was it, uh, was it, what was the, uh, the Hank Azaria show? Brickmeyer, Brockmeyer. Remember Brockmeyer? Yep, yep. And amongst other things, Joe has kind of shown a more human side, certainly a self-effacing funny side. Joe Buck tweeted yesterday, a guy in line at Starbucks uh, this morning here in St. Louis, where Joe makes his home, says, hey, uh, aren't you supposed to be doing the Cowboys game in San Francisco? Obviously, I said, yes, Oh, blank. And then he took his coffee and he <laughs> ran out of the Starbucks. As if he was late. That's funny. That is. That is. That's great. I hit him back. I said, that made me, that's made me laugh out loud. Not so funny. Now, I like Tony Romo. I think when Tony Romo burst on the scene, his kind of preternatural ability to break down the plays, know what's coming, kind of turn people on. Well, he's kind of getting killed in the New York Post, in the L.A. Times, in Awful Announcing, which is kind of the Bible for sports coverage, about well, his broadcast wasn't maybe up to the standard you've expected from Tony Rowe. Did you think he was off his game yesterday? I don't know, man. I mean, I think, you know, once you become known for what you're talking about, Mike, he's not going to be right all the time. Really, you're you're going off of things that you've prepared for all week. You've talked to the coaches. You have an idea of what they're trying to do. So in certain situations, Tony's not guessing. He's knowing that because right. the coaches have told him, this is what we're going to do on third down and eight and this. We're trying to get these, these, these plays. So I don't know. I, I still like Romo, but we brought this up earlier. I also like Greg Olson. <laughs> I, I like what I heard yesterday, and maybe it was because I paid more attention mm. than I have all season long. Maybe he's been this good, but like yesterday because it was the game and I'm watching you know, intently, I thought he was great yesterday, man. Yeah, man, and i got to be honest with you. you know, he, He's easy to listen to. He's self-effacing also. He, he he doesn't hit you over the head with the stuff, but he's giving you great analysis. The first pick that Dak throws, he goes, I really don't know what Dak is doing there. You really can't say the, the wide receiver is not in position. He's making a bad decision with the football. He's got he's to hold on to it. But, yeah, a lot of folks are saying, because Tom Brady's already on record as saying when he does get a chance to be in the broadcast booth, that he's going you know, to be a little acerbic. He's going to kind of mm. tell it like it is and have an edge. And I've, always used, I've been using the phrase he'd be like a Johnny Miller, for those who follow golf, who's always had no problem calling guys out and saying that's terrible and he choked. And that maybe if that, now, on one side, it would be kind of refreshing to have a guy say, oh, he choked. You've got to make that catch. Is he going to say, though, I never did that? Is, <laughs> is that going to be the other side? Because of it? that would be it. Because, yes. you know, Johnny Miller, for those who don't know, Johnny Miller had a really great career that he had kind of a meltdown phase and he kind of got it back so it'd be very interesting to see what Brady's like but a lot of folks are saying hey Fox maybe it's good that Tom Brady does another year in the NFL because another year for Greg Olson to maybe secure his position and a lot of people are saying you know he's just really good and he enjoyable is. and Burkhardt by the way nothing wrong with Burkhardt does a fine job no I uh I still think obviously Nance and Romo are the one team right now the number one team mm. but I enjoyed Greg Olson. And by the way, you said they got the Super Bowl, right, this year? That's they got correct. The Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to be fine, man. I think he's going to have a good time. He was talking about Rihanna yesterday and saying, you know, they were playing some of his favorite songs and he was going to be dancing. Just 
be a be a normal guy. And that that part of it was like, okay, Greg, I get you. I hear you talking. I mean, you, you get a sense, Mike. I said this to Mike. If he walked out of the booth and he went, hey, Greg, right. it wouldn't be like he turned his nose up at you and went, who are you? Right. He's just he'd be like, hey, what's going on? He's cool. Yeah, and I I like Romo's goofiness. Some guys don't like Romo just because he said shot clock instead of you know the twenty four. I mean, you know what he meant. I mean, right. you're gonna right. now you're, we're gonna do semantics now. Okay, well you should know that it's football term. Okay, whatever. And then there was one phrase that somebody didn't like with Romo. Looks like it might have been a moving forward, but also looks like a fumble. I don't know. Okay, he just told you how he felt. Now some people, all right, let's wait for 17 reviews before I guess he's supposed to pass judgment. He just gave you something right there off the cuff. But I, I think him, is, him and Nance's chemistry is fine. I oh, no I do problem too. With I Romo. do too. I, I, and again, people are going to complain, Mike. So that was the complaints about Romo? Amongst others. Yeah, that's not yeah. enough. I, I'm with you. Hey, man, uh, NFL playoffs, and as you and I say all the time, parlays and gambling make things better now. When you hear me make these bets, and Carl, by the way, has won it. There's no way I can catch him because I went one and two this week. But every time we do these bets, I actually put my money where my mouth is with my guy. And I, I make these bets. Yeah, I do yeah. a parlay, and it's usually, in some cases, 150 to win anywhere. For, let's just say, hypothetically, $600. Okay. So anyway, one of the games that I had was that over-under on the bill. Didn't get that. The bills didn't hold they, the, they their didn't, end of the bargain. Right, they didn't cover. The... Uh, the Jaguars kicked that field goal in a two-possession game, so I lost that one. reason I bring this up, a guy put $5 on an online bet, and he's made $72,795. How? A guy named Cameron Craig. He's a Bengals fan from Southern Ohio. All right. He uh, watched his team beat the Bills, but he also had a massive four-leg parlay. Here's how it went. $5 bet. He placed a parlay wager on four players to score the first touchdown in all four divisional rounds. Wow. He bet Travis Kelsey, check. Dallas Goddard for the Eagles, check. Jamar Chase for the Bengals, check. And here's where it got crazy. He took Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys to score first. To be the first Cowboy to, to put it in. How about that? That's crazy. So this five team parlay with all the crazy odds, he wound up making over 75 grand. How yeah. about that? Well, listen, for five bucks. Yes. I'll do it. Heck yeah. And by the way, it was funny when the kicker from Dallas missed his fifth extra point in a row, although it was blocked. blocked. It was. Didn't go on to make two field goals. Yeah. Crazy, man. NFL playoffs are bananas. When we come back, the system gives you hope. We'll explain what we're talking about as part of our Falcon Report here on Dukes and Bell. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.